0: We build it as what it was, Neil versus Dana, the first ever meeting between West Virginia and Houston, and the first time Dana Holgerson coached against his former team. That's what we knew we were getting. What we got in Houston for 60 minutes was absolutely unpredictable. I know that there were some folks saying that they felt one coming because West Virginia had won four in a row, and surely things were going to break another direction. But no one, no one could have predicted what happened in the final minute of West Virginia's two-point loss to Dana Holgerson's Houston Cougars. We're here to react to that outcome. We're here to try to break it down. We're here to try to make some sense of an absolutely mind-boggling finish to a college football game. One that I can honestly say I've never seen before. And who knows if we're ever going to see something as crazy again. It's the Golden Blue Nation podcast. Nick Farrell here alongside Kevin Redfern. Uh, what we're discussing today is West Virginia pulling ahead of Houston with 12 seconds to go and then still losing that football game because the Houston Cougars were able to score on a Hail Mary from midfield that was tipped and then caught and then scored. And uh, as you can see, Kevin, I'm, you know, I've said this multiple times this year, kind of at a loss for words, I guess that's what happens when you watch and cover WVU football. You're just left speechless many times. The past few weeks, it's been a good speechless. It's like, wow, what a treat this has been. How neat this is to watch the Mountaineers who were picked to finish 14th in the conference go on this winning streak and win games that many think that it shouldn't. Now, the script seems kind of flipped. West Virginia should have won this game. There's no doubt about that, and it failed to do so.
1: 12 days ago, or nights ago, or midnights ago, I was sitting in this exact spot (laughs) recapping the win over TCU with Ryan Decker on this podcast. And I gave Neil Brown credit for not letting the bounce of a ball determine any of their first five games. That is exactly what happened tonight in Houston. Mm -hmm. And you could tell, and we'll get into it, I'm sure, what goes into those situations when you let a Hail Mary decide a game There are plenty of other plays before that that can be determined as equally as valuable, but none will sting as hard as that one.
0: So Coach Brown said after the game that, as you mentioned, discipline was a reason why West Virginia did not come out on top. And he said these exact words. West Virginia did not lose the game on the final play. And I get it. I get what he's trying to say. But Kevin Redfern, I got to be that guy. (laughs) They were leading, entering the final play, and they lost after the final play. They lost the game on the final play, and in my opinion, again, emphasis on opinion, they lost the game because of actions of their quarterback, right? I'm conflicted on how I feel about Garrett Green tonight. As we're recording this podcast way past my bedtime at 1 in the morning, Garrett Green had arguably his best game as a Mountaineer. Statistically speaking, 391 passing yards, two touchdowns. that, That passing yardage is a career high. But the penalty gave Houston literal life at the death. West Virginia should have squashed the Cougars with that 50-yard touchdown pass from Garrett Green to Hudson Clement. To me, the penalty gave Houston life. You can say whatever you want, momentum does or doesn't exist, right? To me, giving a team a chance in that situation is critical, is critical. And the fact that that penalty has now happened to West Virginia twice and they get burned on it, it's... To me, to me, that is the critical moment of the game. Our turning point officially, by the way, is the Hail Mary because that is what turned the score from West Virginia leading to Houston winning the ballgame. And that turning point, of course, is brought to you by First Green Mortgage. Your home is at the heart of what we do. But I just want to get your take, Kevin, because you said some interesting things that kind of walked me back off the ledge, so to speak, because I was fuming about the way that game ended. But why do you think that the Garrett Green penalty that resulted in better field position for Houston maybe wasn't as detrimental as I'm making it out to be?
1: Well, as detrimental, I think when you get into it, it's going to be a matter of nuance and semantics and stuff. Was it detrimental? Extremely. Did it give Houston some extra heartbeat? Absolutely. But my argument is that there are plenty of other plays leading up to that that could have put the Mountaineers in a position to not be there on a hail mary there are plenty of other plays in the game that if we're going to talk about momentum gave houston as equal of a momentum mm-hmm. swing and when there's 12 seconds on the clock i mean in the history of college football any level of football anything can happen so as long as there is time i think they've got a chance no matter if they're at the 40 i think they're at the 43 before the hail mary their own 43 yard line or if they're at the 25, and I think Neil Brown mentioned that in his post-game press conference. He said when when WVU goes into prevent there, there's 12 seconds or 8 seconds on the clock. There's these holes in the zone that exist at different layers of the defense. Houston went and opted to exploit one of the shorter zones on the field, and it took them five seconds. Mm -hmm. If they wanted to exploit one of the deeper middle holes of that zone on the sideline... They probably could have, and they had a couple extra seconds. They only need one second to run the final play. So that's kind of the, the background of why I'm saying it could have happened. And even, there were
0: three seconds left when they snapped that right, final play. So right. you're saying they could have used, theoretically, two,
1: two more, more seconds. Two more seconds. Yeah, I, I was telling you that I think two seconds is probably ten yards of – or one second is ten yards of air time on a passing play. So if you think if that ball – that set up the Hail Mary needed to go 20 more yards. That's two more seconds. Mm -hmm. That would run the clock down to one second enough to still run the Hail Mary from about midfield, maybe a couple yards shorter, give or take. Um, But when you look at other turning points in the game, to me personally, the 14 point swing when a potential touchdown pass goes off the hands of Jalen Anderson and pops up into Houston's hands and then they go march down and score. That was the only turnover of the game. There were seven points off the turnover brown will tell you himself that one of the stats he looks at is points off turnovers and those are a deciding factor there were seven points off the turnover you lose by three to me that is probably the reason why they lose the game yeah
0: really 14 right the the hidden number there is 14 Mm -hmm. and you just hit it right i mean jalen anderson bobbles that ball at the goal line or even in the end zone right and so uh that, that is a huge sequence. The number of missed tackles that West Virginia had in the game is important. What about just the the inability to move the ball on the ground? I don't remember what C.J. Donaldson's final rushing stat was. Do you have it by chance?
1: Yes, it, I believe it was 67 yards rushing. It was 66 yards rushing on 17 attempts. So kind of on par with where he's been at the last couple of games. And the expectation out of the WV facility is that his production needs to increase. Right. It's why this over... Uh, over the off week, and Neil said this on his radio interview with Tony Caridi before the game, that's why they sent CJ Donaldson home for a couple of days, Mm -hmm. uh, whereas a lot of people stayed in town during the off week. They just wanted him to get his feet right, his mind right, after seeing a couple of his buddies have really drastic situations against TCU. But the expectation going forward is still they're going to need to get C.J. Donaldson above that 3.5 to 3.9 yards per carry. That's too low for him. Right,
0: and he's been stuck on that number Mm. just about all season. So, you know, I do just want to go back really briefly to what you said, right? I hear you on the if if they needed to go 80 in the final 12 seconds without the Garrett Green penalty. Like, let's just hypothetically say it's a touchback they could have done it with the amount of seconds on the clock. I get that. But to me, and I don't have an exact number, Kevin, the statistical probability of them going that extra distance has to be lower. Right. right? Oh, percent be- because, yeah. because they have to take a farther shot twice, right? Mm-hmm. Because maybe they don't get to midfield to throw the Hail Mary. Maybe it's a 60-yard play. Right. And even if it's completed at the five-yard line, maybe you don't score. Yeah. Right. So, so I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna go out here and just say <laughs> this: there will be no convincing me oh, of that. I, and I just, you I just and a lot of other right, people. I, I can't. I can't get there. Like mm-hmm. I hear the math. I hear the rationale. I get it. You cannot. You cannot give a team life in that in that specific moment of a game. And 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 that's what West Virginia did. Now I do want to go to one bright side really quickly before we listen into Coach Brown's postgame press conference. I mean, he sums up a lot of this stuff probably better than we can. But there's one thing that I'm not really sure was touched on adequately in the game or after the game because of the way the game ended. But West Virginia's passing game did a lot of damage tonight. And that... Garrett absolutely deserves credit for that. He threw very few bad balls. Even the pick was absolutely not his fault, right? It was, if anything, a terrific defensive play in the end zone to come away with an interception. Um, But you picked up on a really crucial thing. They've moved Devin Carter from the outside to, to inside, mm-hmm. and and that seemed to really open up the passing game for West Virginia.
1: Right, and when Hudson Clement had his big game against Duquesne, it was going to be, where does he fit into the depth chart? Are they going to move him to slot? And that wasn't the case. They kept him on the outside. So now you've got this weirder dynamic, right? You've got Hudson Clement, who's he's got he's a good route runner. He's got good speed. He's on the outside, and then you stick the bigger Devin Carter, more of your traditional X, on the inside on the slot, and... It worked out perfectly for them today. Devin Carter coming into tonight's game had five total receptions of 15 plus yards in his previous four games played this season. Tonight, he had four catches of 15 plus yards, what they deem as an explosive play. So, and I think he finished five receptions over 100 yards. One of his best, his best game as a Mountaineer. He will stay there for the rest of the year, likely. And one thing I also picked up with that is when Garrett Green's on the field healthy and Devin Carter's on the field healthy, Carter's Green's number one. You can go back to Penn State, and that's probably the last time that we saw both of them healthy on the same field at the same time. Carter missed the Duquesne game. Green goes out in the pick game. So they haven't really been on the same page health-wise since that first game, but now it looks like they are, and that could become the focal point of the WVU offense.
0: Yeah, that's a really terrific point. I mean, we've seen West Virginia struggle to find that number one target, right? Clement did the work against Duquesne, but that's an FCS opponent. He has shown sparks since, should have had a touchdown against TCU, did have one against Houston. Preston Fox had a really terrific catch in the first half against the Cougars. Um, So West Virginia's weapons on offense are getting there in the passing game should say. Uh, but but as you alluded to previously, the running game is just not really where this team would thought it would be. Um, I guess uh, just putting you on the spot here, offensive line play, did you feel that that had anything to do with some of the deficiencies on offense? Remember that West Virginia was without starters, two starters on the offensive line in Tomas Remack and Wyatt Milam.
1: I'm sure it had a noticeable impact, if not for the viewer, for the the running backs on the field. I mean, looked like they were trying to get Jaheim White in space, both on right. the outside and between the tackles. Um, it, they certainly did not look like, to the naked eye, they were getting that much of a push on the line of scrimmage. Neil Brown, straight up said at the end of the game, we did not win the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. So I would assume that that did have a little bit more of an impact than they probably anticipated. Pass protection-wise, though, I thought they looked really good. Green had a lot of time, especially on that – potentially what would have been the game-winning touchdown on fourth and 10 from midfield Brown said that green on that one they'd run that play like six previous times uh, in the game but on that one what was different was he was a little more patient instead of taking the outside shot he let Clement get open across the field remember they didn't have any timeouts when that happened there were only seconds left on the clock so he decided to throw the ball across the middle of the field trust his receiver and it worked out perfectly in the moment So, uh, And that only happens because he's got the time to do it. So I think the offensive line, from a pass protection standpoint, uh, again, didn't get a great look, but looked fine.
0: Some would call it a heartbreaking night in Houston. A tremendously disappointing night as West Virginia falls to the Cougars 41-39 for its first Big 12 loss. WVU 4-2 overall. 2-1 2-1 and one in league play. Dana Holgerson's first Big 12 win as the head coach of the Houston Cougars comes at the expense of Neil Brown's Mountaineers. It wasn't just the penalty. It wasn't just the Hail Mary that made the difference in this game. The Mountaineers had some deficiencies throughout. And as Coach Brown said after the game, they just simply were not disciplined enough on the night to win on the road. We're going to listen to Coach Brown's postgame comments next here on the Golden Blue Nation podcast. Searching for a mortgage lender that's 100% local, personal, and focused on home loans? First Green Mortgage has been serving West Virginia for more than 35 years, and they can assist you with every step of your home ownership journey. Visit them in Bridgeport or Morgantown or at fgm.bank. Let's go straight to the podium at TDECU Stadium in Houston, Texas, to listen to head coach Neil Brown, his remarks following West Virginia's two-point loss to the Cougars.
2: First of all, everybody's gonna to wanna to talk about the last play of the game. We didn't lose the game on the last play of the game. We had multiple chances to win the game and we didn't do it. Um, uh, I'm not very pleased with how we played um, in two out of three phases, like de- defensively and on special teams, um, we, we did not play good enough. We absolutely did not play good enough. You know, where we lost the game is is, is discipline, you know, and that's what's gotten to this point. Um, and we weren't a disciplined team tonight. We had eight penalties. Um, I don't know how the game was officiated. Um, um, I'm not into criticizing them because we didn't play very well, you know. And, uh, but the celebration penalty after the last touchdown is kind of a microcosm to me of the game. You know, we don't get that celebration penalty, all right, which is completely asinine for, for us to take our helmets off. I don't understand it. Um, you get no – like, they're going to give you the benefit of the doubt. They don't really want to call that. But if you take your helmet off, it's pretty clear. You know, and, and I, don't, I don't understand that. And that, that gave them an opportunity to get in the scoring position. We would have squibbed it regardless. Um, it worked out. Um, but I think our lack of discipline, and then we didn't win on the line of scrimmage. Um, we didn't run the ball great offensively. Um, probably the most we struggled to run the football, um, and they did. You know, they did. You look at their yards per carry, and our yards per carry is not close. And uh, it's a disappointing because on offense, we, we kind of controlled the game. If you look at time of possession, 36-46, we are 14 and 19 on end of, end of possession downs. They for 391 yards. You know, we had 82 plays, they're 53. And if you look at the stat sheet, it doesn't make sense, but that's why you play the game. And uh, we, we just did not, absolutely did not play well enough on defense and special teams tonight to win the game. And um, congrats to them So question. So, start with the defense, then you guys were really good through the first quarter and a half, and all of a sudden they got going. What did they do? What did you guys not we, do? Well, credit them. Donovan Smith's a good player, and he's been a good player. And uh, he's dangerous, knew that coming in. Um, we we – our guys were prepared. They knew. They didn't do anything tonight that we didn't expect them to do. Okay, so our guys were prepared. And we just didn't we, – we struggled to tackle. They're really fast at wideout. And uh, we knew it was going to be a tough matchup for us. Um, and we did not tackle well, you know, and anytime you don't tackle well, it's going to be a struggle, and, and we did not tackle, tackle well, and they made us miss, and they broke tackles, and di- very dis- – like I said, very disappointing. You started with missed tackles on the open on that kickoff, I guess, on the open. Yeah, well, they just blocked us. I don't know if we even missed tackles on it, Greg. They just blocked us, you know, and to me, you, blocking comes down to you, allow people to block you, or you tear off, and we didn't tear off. Um, they did nothing. I, you listen to every press conference, every press conference I talked about, all right, talked about on the radio show, I talked about in the press conference on Monday. They are a threat on kickoff return. Like, we knew that. We didn't hit the ball. We hit the ball in the middle, uh, right on the hash, which is not where we want to place it. And then we stuck on blocks. You know, they blocked us and, and he hit it pretty well. I don't know if he even broke a tackle on that. Hey, how important was the sequence? you three in the third quarter. You get the wheel route, it looks like you made hit six. Well, yeah, we had a chance to gate the 10. That's what I'm saying. Everybody's going to talk about the, the Hail Mary play. And we did not play that well. Um, you know, I, I don't think our guy timed up his jump. I've got to see it. I haven't – I just call it, saw it. I saw it live. I saw the ball in the air and so said, we lost. You know, I, as soon as I saw the ball go up in there, I knew it. Um, and we practiced that and he just didn't time his jump up. And instead of getting it up and hitting it at the high point and knocking it down – he kind of – he mistimed his jump and hit the end of the ball and it floated and their guy caught it. Um, but that's why, like, to me, like, this isn't a deal where, like where I'm heartbroken we lost the game on the last play. That's not it. Like, we didn't, we didn't play well in, in two of the three phases. We flat did not play well. And we win as a team and lose as a team and we didn't play well. You know, that, we had a touchdown that turned into a fumble. You know, they call it an interception, that's a fumble. Y'all heard me say that for five years now. That's a fumble. And uh, that would have been a, a play to go up 10. And we had multiple chances to take control of the game in the second and third quarter, and we did not. Which,
0: thank you, think of Garrett.
2: obviously. He was special was tonight. Good. I told you, I thought he was going to have a breakout performance. He did. Um, what were you going to say, Gary? Other than the penalty, you.
0: you
2: yeah, like, he, it's just, you just can't get the penalty, man. Like, that's, he's got to grow up. Mm-hmm. Um, and he got to mature. Like, yeah, he was special. Mm-hmm. Who was better on the field tonight? You yeah, know, like, who was better? And, and I felt like he was really close to a breakout performance, uh, and he did. I mean, he threw for 391. He rushed for 53. I mean, he had 400 and what, am I, am I missing something, 40-some yards of total offense? He was special. He was special, and, and I knew he was close to doing that. I knew he was close to doing that. And, uh, um, you know, doing and losing calls is, you know, um, I don't know. People are going to ask about, you know, we had the, we had the temp, attempt there. They were going they would have just taken a knee and so I didn't think there was all kinds of fans I just didn't think it was safe for our kids to go back out there for them just taking a knee on the extra point there was no time there was not going to be a kickoff and so that's why I declined that,
0: for us,
2: that was, my Is there anything well it was just one it was just one and but it was I just say those are asinine. I just don't I don't understand them I don't understand them. the rules clear don't take your helmet off it's not hard Keep your helmet off. We can celebrate all you want to on the sideline. And, you know, hey, they maybe they – I'm not saying that decided the game because maybe they throw a little deeper out cut and then, you know. But that's ridiculous. It's ridiculous and, and I'm – there's probably nothing that I'm more upset about than that.
1: His point
2: in time? Uh, I don't know. I mean, the best player, our best player I – mean, he was the best player tonight was Kevin. So, I mean, right. you know, I don't know about that.
0: In terms of your run game,
2: uh, they stuffed us. You know, I thought they, 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 defensively, and I knew their interior part of their D line is good, and and we didn't play. You know, I thought that's what I said in the opening. Gray, I thought that lack of discipline. You know, and I'm really talking about a couple penalties we got, and I thought our tackling t- technique was when I talk about lack of discipline and then taking the helmet off. Um, and then the second thing is I didn't think that that we 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 should have been much better on the line of scrimmage on both sides. You know, for them to run the ball like they did on us, um, and then for us not you know, our yards per attempt was not what it needed to be. I know you are right up to this next man out, but missing two guys that have been on the offensive line all year. Yeah, I mean, okay. it is. But, you know, we protected the passer well. We just got to be better in the run game. Like, there's no – this is a no-excuse operation. You know, we, had, we didn't have our left tackle, left guard, and the band keeps playing, you know. And, and I hate it for them, but we got to continue to move. What was your thought process on fourth and ten that turned into go-ahead score with Hudson? No, this was a play we ran. Um, we didn't execute it. We I think it was about the, I don't know, six or seventh time we ran the, the play. Phenomenal throw. Garrett was just a little bit more patient in the pocket because he'd been throwing it to the outside guy, um, and he just had some, he had some patience. And then Hudson made a great run after the catch. Uh, I heard for him because I've been a special moment. West Virginia kid to come and win the game. But uh, – it wasn't meant to be. I thought we played. I thought offensively, I was, I was excited how we played. I think I think it showed the the potential, kind of what I felt like in fall camp we could be.
0: The defense better than that, or no, we're
2: better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're better. I mean, we played better through through four games, you know. And didn't uh, so tackle well. You know, the, the game comes down. I heard Dana say this the other day. was right. And it's blocking and tackling. We didn't block as well, and we didn't tackle and. Um, and I'm not trying to oversimplify. We used to not tackle very well defensively, and some of it is their skill's really good, but we didn't tackle well.
0: So that's Coach Brown's postgame comments following the loss to Houston using a number of different adjectives to describe his distaste in the Hail Mary as well as the penalty that gave Houston better, better field position leading up to the final play. Garrett Green, to his credit, taking responsibility for that penalty, saying it was boneheaded, something that he should not have done, and... West Virginia has now had that happen twice. Players celebrating with their helmets off on the field. It happened to C.J. Donaldson during the pit game. Happens again against Houston, and this time it hurts the Mountaineers. So West Virginia gets a little bit extra time off entering the Oklahoma State game. That's the homecoming game on October 21st. It's homecoming for WVU, and Kevin Redfern, just a quick final thought. That game is going to be so important for WVU, right? Got to rid the memories of this game. Got to get, just got to get a victory, right? Because West Virginia, this is disappointing. The sun's going to come up in just a few hours when we're done recording this podcast, right? And if this team can take care of business at home, it doesn't matter what happens on the road, right? West Virginia is still going to be bowl eligible and is still arguably going to outperform its preseason expectations. It starts with that game in just over a week against the Cowboys.
1: Yeah, and I mean, if you think about big picture-wise the rest of the season, you're thinking about a Big 12 championship. One loss in conference puts you in a great position to be there, so now it's run-the-table time. I mean, they or Coach Brown even talked about the bye week, how they wanted to kind of have a survive-and-advance mentality like March Madness. That definitely is even more apparent now, Mm. Um, but nothing's harder than winning consecutive weeks in football and having to, you know, Take that bigger picture and maybe put it in the back of your mind on a week-to-week basis. Um, but still, an uphill climb, but only one win away from bull eligibility. Or, two wins two away. Wins Close, away. Enough. Yeah, yeah. Close enough. Close enough. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's too late to do math, Kevin. Again, it's like one thirty, in the right, We've yeah. been at it all day. Uh, I do just want to mention one more thing. Boy, the, the reference to survive and advance mentality. I had forgotten about that until you just brought it up there has never been a football game that felt more like an NCAA oh, tournament yeah. basketball game than the way this game ended, right? I mean, literal buzzer beater, uh-huh. you know? It's like Jim or Fredette just stepped up and drained one right in your eye to
1: send you yeah. home, man. Well, geez. we were watching and you said on the hudson Clement touchdown that that's the closest thing to a walk-off touchdown you get in college football. <laughs> uh, did I really <laughs> yeah, say that? Yeah, <laughs> and then I, it, it didn't take probably five more minutes uh, for an actual one to happen. Oh, man what a knucklehead things that you can never say right
0: game is not over until it's over man Mm -mm. doesn't matter if you're playing covering or watching as a fan you got to be careful with those things jeez all right that's a wrap on this edition of the golden blue nation podcast where going to bring you the, our next episode coming up after the Oklahoma State game which is in just over a week at Milan Pushkar Stadium. Again, that's the homecoming game. It's slated for a 3-30 kick. In the meantime, you can continue to follow our coverage of Mountaineer football at goldenbluenation.com and by downloading the free Golden Blue Nation app. We'll get to hear from Coach Brown and his team again on Monday when the team holds its regular weekly media session. And oh, by the way, basketball season about to start picking up. We've had a lot of opportunities to chat with interim head coach Josh Eilert and his players on the men's basketball team you can also follow our reporting of men's and women's basketball moving forward at goldenbluenation.com and on the free Golden Blue Nation app and there's one other team that you should I was probably listen to there's no way
1: you're it. not you're not gonna introduce well, these then, guys then right.
0: why don't why don't you mention them Kevin so that I don't the have young do lads them. come I on never baby. steal your fire come on baby 13 in a row unbeaten that's a single season program record for longest unbeaten streak man if you haven't watched those guys you haven't given them the time of day yet It's not too late to jump on the bandwagon, baby. The Marshall game is coming up Wednesday, and that is going to be a truly terrific night at Dick Dulesque Soccer Stadium. All right, that's a wrap on this edition of the Golden Blue Nation podcast. Kevin Redfern has to go to bed, and I'm Nick Farrell. We'll talk to you next time.